you're listening to the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast, the podcast for quick, actionable ideas and tips to help you up your confidence and joy in educating little learners. I'm your host, Ashley Rives. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast. This is episode seven, leveling up your centers using tray tasking. So have you ever heard of tray tasking? If not, don't worry, it is not as fancy as it sounds, but it does hold some serious magic when paired with centers. So in this episode, we're going to talk about the what, why, where, and how of using tray tasking. Let's start with the what. So what is tray tasking? While others may do it differently, for me, tray tasking is placing an activity on a tray and placing it in the corresponding center. Sounds pretty simple, right? That's because it is. So why use trays? Why not just put the activity on the shelf or on the table or put it in a container or a basket? Let me tell you the magic of trays. It's all about the natural confines of a tray. That lip of the tray, the size of the tray, plus the awesome ability to be able to move the activity to a table or to the ground. So that's why I am in love with trays, because when it's just on the shelf, it's hard to take all the pieces with them, and it's hard to make sure that pieces stay together. So that natural boundary of a tray already tells children, this is where the pieces to this activity go, and this is where they stay. Also, I love trays in comparison to baskets or containers because you can better see what's on the tray rather than in the basket. So when it's on the shelf, if it's in a basket or a container, they may not be able to tell exactly what is inside and it may not pique their interest. But when it's on a tray, the activity and its pieces are easily seen and makes it more inviting. Let's move into the where of tray tasking. So where can we use trays? I like to use tray tasking in our playful learning centers. These are the centers that need some scaffolding and some specific activity while also being a choice. So for for me, these are the math center, the science center, the writing center, and the literacy center. They're the centers that need a little bit more structure because I found in the past that if I just put items in there and don't really have a little bit of a structure, a scaffold, or an idea behind how to use the materials. Children just pick them up, look at them, put them back down, and walk away. They don't really interact with them. And so I wanted to create some activities that were more teacher-driven, but child-chosen, and those centers work fantastic for tray tasking. So we've talked about the what, why, and where. Let's move to how. How to use tray tasking. I think that there are two different ways that you can introduce tray tasking. I've used both of these, and I think they both work well for different types of trays. First, you can introduce these activities that are on the tray in a small group or a whole group, and then place them in the center. So maybe in small group, you actually play a game that's on the tray, and then they're familiar with it, and they can go and do that independently in the center. Or maybe you introduce what's on the tray and you model it in whole group, get that excitement built up, 
and then put it in the center. The other way that I like to go ahead and introduce this idea of a tray task is to teach in the moment. So sometimes some of these activities don't need a whole lot of instruction, but maybe just a little bit. And so this is when I can watch for a student to go to that center and come over and kind of teach them how it works. And then naturally other children watch them or I make that one child kind of that expert. So if one child already understands how to do the tray and another child comes and says, how do I do this? I'll say, oh, let's just ask our expert and then we'll have the expert come and explain it. And then they start watching and seeing how you use it and it works pretty naturally. So you may be thinking, well, this is great, but I would love some examples. And so I have some examples for you today. I'm gonna talk you through some and you can also go to the show notes to check out a picture of them. So you would go to lovelycommotion.com slash episode seven. Let's start with the math center because I feel like this is the absolute easiest center to incorporate trays because we do lots of different math activities and we might have lots of different math manipulatives that we can just put on a tray to make even more engaging. So one example might be using puff balls into an ice cube tray. One-to-one correspondence, they can also sort them if they would like. They can, you can add some um, tweezers and then you've got some fine motor skills going on there. Maybe they will even count them while they're there. So this is one that is super easy and the confines of the tray really, really help because it keeps everything together. So on the tray, you may have a container of puff balls. You will have the ice cube tray and you might have the tweezers to have them pinch them to transfer them over to the ice cube tray. So all those pieces can stay on the tray and they know that those all go together. Another thing that you could easily do in the mass center is just do some sorting bears. I take my sorting bears, I put a handful on the tray, and then I have different colored bowls to sort them into. And this works great for the beginning of the year or as more of a simple tray task to start with. And you can also, of course, add in some fine motor by adding pinchers or maybe even the bug catchers, depending on how big your bears are or whatever you're sorting. So that's another great activity. Another thing we absolutely love, love to do for the mass center is games. So they might be very, very simple games, like maybe it's um, just a fill it up game. And so they're just rolling a dice, seeing the numeral and adding that many pieces. So we had one not very long ago that was apples. And so they rolled the dice and it was a numeral dice. And so they saw the numeral And then they added that many apple erasers to their tree. And then when it was all filled up, then they were finished or until, you know, their interest was lost. But this was something I showed them how to play in small groups. So I also got some eyes on whether my friends were starting to be able to recognize their numerals and whether they were able to count with one-to-one correspondence. And then I put this over in the math center for them to play by themselves. And this always works fantastic because they find it familiar and they know how to play it. And generally they love to play it again. And so that's a great place to put it. And a lot like the math trays we do in the math center, I try to incorporate some into the literacy center as well. 
I don't do near as many because I don't have near the space, but I've found that adding those tray specific activities to the literacy center works well too. So one idea that we have is um, there is a sheet on there that has an umbrella and it has all the letters that are supposed to be like raindrops. And so they pull letter cards out of a basket, look at the letter card, find the match on the mat, and they cover it with a dragon tear to make it look like a raindrop. So they're working on matching numerals, looking at those similarities and differences, visually discriminating between the letters. So that is a simple one. We could also play during small group. So Think about anything that you do, any activity or any set of manipulatives that you may have, you know, store-bought, whatever it may be. Think about what you could put on a tray to entice them to the center and to get them learning with intention in a playful way that they have chosen. Let's move to the science center because this is where I feel like we have had the absolute most success in adding trays. For reference, before my science center was a little dull, it had lots of things to manipulate, but not necessarily a lot of intention or direction behind it. I wanted children just to be able to explore the materials that were there, but I found as I observed them, they didn't quite know what to do. So instead, they went over, they touched some things, they put them back down and walked away. And it took my teaching partner looking at me and going, you know, those are pretty lame. Um, I think we can do better than that. And she was absolutely right. So she came up with the idea of tray tasking inside the science center, and it is working absolutely beautifully. So some examples of that may be we have during our bugs, insects, um, science centers, we have some big bug manipulatives and they have a bug report. And so they can draw their bug and they can check off which bug it is. And so we're bringing a little bit of science into the writing piece of it because they're looking at their bug, they're evaluating their bug, and then they're actually writing about their bug. So on that actual tray, we have the bug report, we have the bug manipulatives, we have crayons, and we also have, um, I try to do as many visual instructions as possible so that they can kind of start to read those by using the visuals. Also during our holiday, we have a holiday science center set up and we do an activity where I took an old Kleenex box, wrapped it in red paper, put in some items in there. So it's more of like a touch and feel. So there's a small cookie cutter in there. There's a bow, there's a candy cane, there's a pine cone, a bell, and an ornament. And so they reach in and they try to figure out what it is by looking at the mat that is also on the tray. And so they feel it with their hands and they try to guess which one it is. And then they pull it out, see if they were right and match it onto the mat on the tray. So on that tray, we have the mat, we have the old Kleenex box and all the manipulatives of the things that they're touching inside, along with some visual visual instructions. So that one right there, very engaging. They absolutely love it. And all the pieces are confined to that tray. They don't have to wonder what goes with it. They also can pick it up and take it to the table, take it to the floor. Some of them really are floor workers, I've noticed, and they like to lay on their belly, which is great. So they can take this 
to a different spot if they need to. So these are stored on shelves. Then they take them off the shelves to use them. Um, a last example for this science center, we like to sometimes add in a little, you know, just a little extra, uh, kind of like with the holiday where we reach in and feel the object. This one is for rocks, fossils, and shells. And so we have a small tub filled with sand where we hide rocks, fossils, and shells. And then we have a mat where they can sort. So they sort the rocks in one section, the fossils in another, and the shells in another. And so it adds a little extra engagement because they're searching through the sand to try to find those pieces before they sort them. Because we could just put them in a container, right? We could put the rock shells and fossils in a container and just have them pull them out and sort them. And that works too. But sometimes it's fun to add a little extra and that really boosts that engagement as well. So again, if you would like to see some pictures of some of our tray tasks, head on over to that link, www.lovelycommotion.com slash episode seven. And also I like to put a lot of these on Instagram as well. So you can follow me on Instagram at at lovelycommotion. But I know you're probably going to ask what type of trays are best. So when you're looking for trays, and when you look at the pictures of the trays I have, you're going to notice that I mainly use one type of tray, couple others, right? So the ones that we love that we can't say enough good things about are the trays from Lakeshore Learning called Easy Clean Craft Trays. And they come in a set of four, red, yellow, blue, green. And they are amazing because of the lip that is on them and because they really are easy clean and they're sturdy. They're not going to break. They're not brittle. If someone drops it, it's certainly not going to break or crack. So these have been amazing and we have several sets of them because they work so incredibly well. But we also have regular trays, like just from the Dollar Tree and just from the Target Dollar Spot. And those work well. I mean, they work well too, just try to look for a tray with a good lip. That way, when they're picking up the tray, nothing is falling off. And so I like to be mindful when I'm putting an activity on a tray to say, oh, is there small pieces that can fall off of this? I'm going to want a tray with a bigger lip. Also, um, a couple of years ago, Target had these amazing trays with like four little divots or cups in them alongside the tray. And you'll see that in the picture too. And that one is amazing for manipulatives because you can already put those little manipulatives in the little dips in the tray and it works so fantastically. So just when you're out and about, keep an eye out and look for, you know, you just never know what you're going to find that would work well for children. And then we also use a lot of small containers, whether it be like little um, plastic, you know, containers for them to sort whether it be like um, some chip trays where they're divided, you know, you maybe have three different dips on it. We just look for lots of different little pieces because we also use containers on the tray as well to further help organize the play and um, just have it all ready and set up for them. So if you haven't done tray tasking before, I'll just walk you through a quick and simple how to create a tray task. So the first thing you need to do is decide on this skill that you'd like to focus on. Because remember, these are more playful learning. This is more teacher-driven, but still a child choice because it's in the center and it's a choice for them to explore. 
but it's more driven based on the skills that you want to focus on. So which skill do you want to focus on? And most of the time, these trays are meeting tons of different skills. We we're seeing lots of different skills in just one tray, but what is your main focus that you would like to focus on? And then decide on the materials you'd like to use and then place it all on the tray. Look at the tray and think, okay, you know, a preschooler is going to touch this. So is there any way to make it more engaging by adding tweezers, by adding a small sensory bin, by adding novelty items, just silly things, um, things that they just might enjoy that might, you know, maybe the markers are smelly. Maybe you found little small pins for them to write with. Anything that kind of brings that novelty in and place that on the tray. And then also think about, do I need to add another small container to kind of contain some of the pieces? And last, decide how you want to introduce it. Do you want to introduce it through whole group? Do you want to introduce it through small group? Or is it just going to be one of those things that you put out? And if needed, you teach within the moment. So that brings us to the end of me telling you all the things about tray tasking. And let me just tell you, it has seriously leveled up my center game. And the reason is that I can encourage skill practice through fun engaging and organized ways. We know how hard it is sometimes to keep materials separate when we are putting them out in centers and being used the appropriate way. And so trays and their natural limits really help this. It's really become a take and play solution for those hard to manage centers. I know how hard it can be to keep all your centers engaging when you're trying to help children learn through play. This is what led me to create the Playful Learners Club. It's a place to grab engaging and skill-based activities for science, math, literacy, and writing centers. So if you want to learn more about the Playful Learners Club, head on over to lovelycommotion.com slash episode seven. Thank you for joining me, and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend. This helps me spread the word and help more preschool teachers just like you. Keep being lovely.